You are listening to the Process for Profit podcast. We are here to help you, the creative small business owner, put more efficient operations into your business to increase your profit and impact. We're going to give you the systems to create a solid foundation in your business to allow you to build your empire. Hey there, I'm Brittany Dixon, systems queen and process for profit strategist. You're going to hear about solutions and strategies that allow you to make a bigger impact doing what you love instead of wasting hours doing what you don't. Come on in and let us organize your overwhelm so you can get back to your zone of genius. Hey guys, welcome back to the Process for Profit show. I am super excited to dive into today's episode. Um, today we're going to be diving into the five pillars of effective social marketing and helping us is Meg Brunson of EIEIO Marketing. Meg, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me here, Brittany. I'm so excited. I know. So I don't know where we originally connected, but we've been connected for a few years. We've connected a couple different ways. I've been on her podcast. Uh, my kids bought her book and absolutely love it. So you guys should definitely check that out. She can tell you more later. We've worked together. So lots of different things, but I love what she's doing. You can read about her and her bio in the show notes. Meg, why don't you dive in and give us a little background about yourself and your journey, and then we can dive into questions. Oh, sure. So I... Got my first entrepreneurial start after a traumatic third pregnancy. I almost died a couple times, keeping it real short and sweet. Um, and it was very traumatic. And I said, I'm not going back to work. So my husband stepped up, took a couple, took a second job, but I couldn't just be home. I've, I have a great deal of admiration for stay at home moms and, and it's just not me. Do you know what I mean? Like I just can't be that person. So even though I couldn't go back to work because I needed, needed to be with my kids after that, that trauma that I went through. Um, I needed to create something that would give me that satisfaction of working while still being home with my kids. So that's where I got my entrepreneurial start. And after about three years of that, I was offered a job working at Facebook. And I thought at that time, I was like, you know, I've healed from the trauma. And now I can go back to a quote unquote normal job. And who, nobody turns down a job at Facebook. I mean, it's going to be fun and exciting. And and it was those things. It was fun and exciting. And I could do a whole episode on, you know, the, the play culture of, of a job at Facebook. But at the end of the day, they're a business. And I had a job where I had to work 40 hours and paid time off and all of those things. And I quickly realized I was at Facebook for almost a year. And I got tired of having to regulate my PTO. I had four kids at this point, some various special needs doctor's appointments, school plays, you know, all the things. And it got to one specific school event where I only had 1.67 hours of paid time off. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. You know, like I, I'm forever changed. I can't be employed. I need that freedom and flexibility. And so I left Facebook, returned to the entrepreneurial world, kind of leveraged the skills I had learned there to to build a business that was that was sustainable and you know everybody's measure of success is different but for me i feel like the ultimate validation that i made the right choice was in july of 2019 so about a year and a half ago we left phoenix arizona we got rid of our four bedroom house with a yard and all those glorious things and moved into a 35 foot rv and we've been traveling the United States ever since. We've hit 42 or 43 states. I get the count wrong now that we're, we're up so high. 
Um, but there's a very, there's only a very few states we haven't hit yet, and they're definitely on the agenda for next year. And we're just making memories, and you know, I'm still working. I'm still, you know, entrepreneurially working, but it's it's so different, and I feel like it's exactly what I should be doing right now. Yeah, no, and I absolutely love that because I've always said that I wanted to do that too. I'm like, I don't want a big fancy house and six cars and all, like, I don't ever want any of that. And if you want that, great. Like that's your measure of success. That's amazing. But that's not what I want. I'm like super minimalist. Like I want less, less is better in almost all capacities. Um, We just got a camper as well. I mean, we don't have plans to do all the states anytime soon, but um, that's definitely on our agenda too, that we just want to be able to travel and do things. Like I don't want the big fancy house and cars, but to be able to do that, you also have to have a gig that you're not tied down. Right. So like my husband still works exactly. time and he's, he's tied down. We can't leave like that, but mine, I can do that. I can just pick up and leave whenever I want. So definitely a goal of ours too. And that's part of your story that I absolutely love is that you guys actually did that. Cause a lot of people talk about it but they never like jump in and make that happen. So, I and I think I blame being an entrepreneur because it's that whole like willingness to take risks and just figure it out as you go. You know, now I we're so deep into this that we've started talking about like when it's time to stop. And now I can't imagine like moving into a house and just living there. It seems right. so foreign. <laughs> like, what do you mean we have to stop? Can't we just keep going? <laughs> and we could if. Honestly, this was my dream. It's not my husband's. He's along for the ride and very supportive, but he wants that house and stuff. So we, you know, we have to compromise. Yeah, for sure. All right. Awesome. Let's dive into social marketing. So you worked for Facebook, which is so cool. So you obviously have some insight on that side of things, but can you kind of dive in and just kind of give us an overview of what social marketing really is? Because I think so many people have so many different definitions of just social media and marketing in general. Um, yeah, just kind of give us a quick overview. Well, and I like saying social marketing instead of social media marketing. Yep. And I think the reason is when people talk about social media marketing, I think it's common to feel overwhelmed because social media is still a relatively new, you know, in the grand scheme of things platform. And especially if you're not a millennial or or younger, you know, especially if you're in that older crowd, it can seem overwhelming and and you don't know how to how to market and how to react. But the thing is, social media is social first. And so the same way you would react if you walked into a networking opportunity, you know, in person back when we had in-person events and hopefully we will again. Yeah. (laughs) But if you can imagine that walking into a room full of actual people and networking, they're the same exact rules, you know, the same exact things that would work in that room will work in social media and the same things that wouldn't work there don't work in social media. So I'm sure everybody here can think about an example when somebody has either, you know, sent them a friend request and then immediately PM'd them to let them know about, you know, their newest solution to a problem that they don't even know for sure that you have, you know, that happens and it doesn't work. All the time. It's like when, so like I did a networking that one time and barely even introduced myself and they're like, here's my business card. This is what I do. And this is what I sell. I'm like, okay, cool. That's going in the trash. (laughs) Right. Doesn't work. Just, and we've all experienced it on LinkedIn and Facebook. They literally 
ping you and they're like, this is what I sell and this is what I do and who I help. And I'm like, and you're going to the bottom of my list. <laughs> right? You can't do that. <laughs> no, nobody yeah. likes that. No, definitely so, not. So I want people to remember that this is just being social and it's, it's a soft introduction. You know, we don't need to be harsh. Nobody yeah. likes that. So, <laughs> so that's where I built a lot of my business from, you know, working at Facebook, I learned a lot about how things actually work. You know, like yeah. they don't, they don't tell you the secret to the algorithm, even if right. you work, <laughs> they don't tell you all those secrets, but you learn a lot about the policies and the company's, you know, mission and vision and, and the yeah. why of the company. And there's a lot of people who I think try to beat the algorithm. You yeah. know, they try to like find those like sneaky ways to get what they want, even though it violates the rules. And I, <laughs> I think that that's not the right approach. We shouldn't be trying to beat the algorithm. We should be trying to leverage it. So it's learning how to play by the rules of the platform that you're, you're at, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, or, you know, a networking event for your local chamber of commerce. What are the rules? How do we play by those rules? And then how do we leverage those rules to work for us? Yeah, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head a couple of times there. Um, just from a, an overwhelm standpoint, I think even just social media in your personal life can be overwhelming, right? Like information overload, all the platforms, where do I go? Where do I hang out? There's new ones coming out constantly, right? So how do you go about from a business standpoint, choosing those platforms because you can't necessarily be everywhere or can you, you might be able to, I guess, but, um, how do you go about kind of choosing those platforms and what works best? Yeah, I definitely don't recommend that a beginner, you know, in the first yeah. one to three years of business ever tries to be on all the platforms. The most <laughs> I, I think recommend... even the seasoned ones don't need to be everywhere. Wow. It's too much. <laughs> and I feel like once you get bigger, more seasoned, you may yeah. have a team that will allow that you to yeah. yeah, divide and conquer a little bit. But you really need to figure out one, maybe two. And I say maybe too, because some platforms are closely related. They're easy to like jump between one or two platforms. And you need to focus on those until you've really got them down. So think about where your clients are and think about where you're most comfortable. You may have a ton of clients on TikTok, but if that (laughs) freaks you out, don't waste your time there. You need to you need to take on a platform that you're going to be comfortable showing up on. Otherwise, it's not going to do you any good. So where are your people and where are you comfortable? Find one or two platforms. I always love recommending Facebook for that because everybody seems to be on Facebook. But LinkedIn is another possibility. Instagram is another possibility. YouTube kind of balances those lines. Like, is it social media? Is it not? Um, Kind of a search engine. But those are some of the big ones. Where are your people? You know, if you're terrified of being on camera, YouTube is not the place for you. Exactly. So just think about those things. Pick the one or two that make the most sense and and focus on them exclusively. Yeah, I love that. And I have kind of, I've taken that advice too and really just narrowed it down because I was trying to come up with this like crazy content repurposing plan and like all the things. But I think when you focus more on just one and you're really consistent, you're going to get way better results than trying to like spread everything everywhere. So I'm all in on IG and of course it's connected to Facebook. So I get the... Right back end effect of it just posting for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I went all in. I think that's that's huge. You have to I think consistency is better than trying to spread yourself across everything for sure. 
Oh, 100%. And like you said, you can always add on, you know, the, the whole repurposing content. You yeah. can add that on later. Get to Once a point it's working. where like, <laughs> yeah, where Instagram's working well for you and you've got this like strategy every yep. day, you know what you're doing. And you've done it for three to six months. Yep. Which is, which is really hard. I was just talking to an entrepreneur. That is really hard for us to stick to things for that long. Yeah. <laughs> like We all have all the ideas and the shiny objects and like my word and everything for this year is focus. Like I'm not creating new services. I'm not going on other platforms. Like I have to stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah. And you have, you have to give it, I say those, those 90 days, three months. Yeah. Because you have to be able to track yep. if it's working. <laughs> That's and the other thing only... a lot of people don't do. They don't track it and they're like, oh, it's not working. But you don't right. really know that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, we t- I mentioned TikTok for a second. I'm not yeah. like, <laughs> I'm kind of on TikTok, but not really. My kids like TikTok. So sometimes we'll throw a video up there. Yeah. But I'm not, I can't track no. return on investment there. And nope. so I won't spend my time there until... There's a way for me to track return on Yeah, that. and it's that that's not my jam. I would rather go do Instagram stories and post on Instagram. Like these yeah. people that are talking about the three hours it took them to make a TikTok, like, no, I do not have three hours to make a TikTok <laughs> that I can't track if it's making me money. Like <laughs> it's not gonna work. I don't um, have three hours to make dinner, much less make right? <laughs> yes, I am in that same boat. So <laughs> um, so yeah, I think just be mindful and make sure your people are there. You like doing it and that yeah. you be consistent. So we love frameworks over here yes. at Brittany and co. We love all of the acronyms and the, the things, right? So you have your EIEIO framework for social marketing. So I'd love for you to dive in and give us the scoop. Yes, let's do that. So when I created EIEIO marketing, the EIEIO was kind of, it had two meanings. One is because I'm very family first, very, very family focused. And EIEIO just sounds like childhood, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like it just makes me think of childhood. But it's also a really fun acronym that stands for the five elements of effective social marketing, the five things you should be doing all the time on social media. Mm-hmm. So let me go through them really quick and then we can dive into them a little bit more awesome. um, specifically. So the first E is engage then interact, educate, influence, and optimize. So if you're doing those five things every day on social media, on your one to two platforms, then (laughs) you should see success from your social media marketing. That's awesome. I love that. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Seriously. Like any, any system that you can give people and you're like one hour a day, go do this done. (laughs) That's it. Once you get going, a lot of those letters, you know, a lot of those terms, they kind of blend into each other and you get to the point where like, that's not like five separate tasks. It's kind of learning how to incorporate all five of those elements into everything that you do. Yep. You know, so every time you do it, the more fun it becomes because then you're going to see results from it if you're doing that consistently. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So dive into engage. So engage. When you're when I'm talking about the first E engage, I want you to make sure that you are engaging the right people at the right time in the right place. Yep. So this is where we're talking about like who is your ICA? Who is your ideal customer or client avatar? Who are they? Where are they? And what do they need right now? So you need to be able to answer those questions. Research your avatars. Understand them. 
And I also think of this as it's only you, right? You're in, you're engaging. It's like one way. You're engaging your ideal people. You're getting your content in front of them. Then we go into the I, interact, right? So we don't just want to engage them. We don't just want them to see our stuff on Instagram. We want them to interact with it, initiate a conversation with you. And we need it to be a two-way street. So we're not just going to produce a ton of content and hope or wait (laughs) for our people to engage with it because that doesn't happen. Or typically it doesn't happen that easily, right? Exactly. You need to also interact with those people. So figure out who they are, who, you know, who are the the people that you want to engage with your content and then spend some time interacting with them. You know, part of thinking about Instagram, you can't just add stories and and content to your feed. You also have to interact with other people's content. So it's making sure that it's a two-way street and that you are are holding interaction with people. It's social media, social, (laughs) two-way. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're like, oh, if I just do stories every single day and I post every single day and I'm putting stuff out there, like they will come. <laughs> that's right. not normally how it works. No. Or if you're doing it for long enough, people might start doing that, but still it's really difficult it, because you want, you want to engage in their stuff too, because they're looking for the exact same thing you are, right? So everybody right. needs to be doing it for everybody. Right. You want people to come and comment on your stuff more than, you know, five yeah. you know, <laughs> nothing words. Like you want it to be genuine engagement. So you need to give some genuine engagement so that you can receive some genuine engagement. And if you're yes. not giving it to the people who are giving it to you are going to realize yep. they're not getting any love back and they're going to move on. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not fun. There's nothing fun about being the only one who... <laughs> Is having like, uh, again, if you're talking about, if you're in person, right? Like you're in person and only one person is talking. (laughs) Right. That's not really fun. (laughs) No, no. Yes. I love that. Yes. Now education. Yeah. Now the next two, say, I feel like the first two, the first E and I kind of go together. The second E and I kind of go together. So education. I've also thrown in entertainment with this sometimes. I think education is more important than entertainment, which is why I I stick with education. But educate in an entertaining way, right? Here we go. So (laughs) through all of your interactions, through all of the content that you're producing, you need to be educating, providing value. And by educating, I don't mean gross, spammy sales (laughs) tactics, but I mean like teaching, provide value give that value away. You don't want to be spammy. You don't want to be overly self-promotional, but deliver value and then let people know what you do. So you don't want to be over-promotional, but if people don't know how to work with you, (laughs) then you're never going to make money. So you need to... That's something I ran into. I was like, why aren't people joining my program? Oh, because I never talk about it. That's why, because no one knows about it. Like they, they, you have to do it in a way that isn't spammy and slimy, but you still have to tell them how you can help them with the information you're providing. Right. What kind of services you provide to other people? Let other people sing your praises a little bit. Yes. You know, like <laughs> what are, have you done for other people? Because if I don't know what you do, then I don't know how you can help me. And then influence is that next I, and that's where we're influencing those purchase decisions in a way that's genuine and helpful. 
uh, spammy. So <laughs> you want to I see I see build, a theme here. I see a theme of not here. spammy. <laughs> not spammy. Sorry. I'll try to stop. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it because there there is a lot of spammy out there. And I think that people dive into social media and do it wrong and they just continue doing it that way. And then other people catch on and it's just this like whole spam fest and I'm not a fan. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's nothing is instant gratification. All right. You're not going to like make one post telling people, you know, educating people with value and then you're sold out. You know, it's not instant gratification. It is a slow and, you know, steady wins the race type process. And you just have to be okay with that. It's the best way to build authentic relationships that are going to last. You know, like you said in the beginning, I don't even know where we met the first time. I'm assuming it's a Facebook group. I think at one point we had like just like a coffee chat phone call. Yep. The rest is history. We've bumped into each other at a few different um, in-person events back in the day. And, yep. <laughs> and we just kept encountering each other in social media. But it's now been years, you yep. know, and, and you're not the only one. And I'm not the only one for you. And I know that. Like that's yeah. how you build relationships. And I always talk about this. I feel like this is a little tangent. But in any of these situations, networking in person or networking online, I really encourage you to to shift your mindset away from looking for a client. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they're looking for the next client. But I encourage you to reframe your your mindset and instead look for referral partners. Look for other people who can refer people to you you can refer people to them and you show up differently. You don't show up as, as hungry. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Which is what puts you in the path of, of being spammy. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you show up a little bit more authentically because you're not trying to sell directly to these people. You're trying to build a relationship with them so that you can send business their way. Yeah. They can send business your way. Make it that two-way street. Honestly, that's a really, really solid way to build a strong pipeline because yeah. one solid referral partner can bring you in a flow of leads as yeah. opposed to you go to an event, you meet one lead, and then you're constantly on the hunt to fill your pipeline. So I think just shifting your mindset can also help with that process. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think when you're going in and you're like, oh, I just want to connect and learn more about them and what they do and what their hobbies are, like even just that piece of things takes the pressure off of like, oh God, I have to get them on a call so that I can sell them and do a thing. Like, <laughs> because I think too, as women, especially we, we don't like sales. Like I hate like salesy sales, but that's the thing. You have to talk to somebody in that capacity to get them to book with you, right? Like you have to go through that process. But if you connect with them first on a social level and just start the conversation, like it's going to more naturally flow there than you trying to like force it down their throats. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it's going to be sustainable. You're building sustainable growth instead of like one-off relationships that are like, okay, one, now the next one, now the next one. Like that's not a way to build a sustainable business at all. Exactly. Exactly. Do you feel like you're spinning your wheels in your business that you sit down to start your day and before you know it, it's 5 p.m. and the day is over and you just don't know what you accomplished only to do this day in and day out? You're throwing spaghetti at the wall. You have no routines, no strategy, no systems in place, and you're working 17 hours a day. 
If this is you, you need to check out our free masterclass now. How to work smarter, not harder, and double your revenue will give you the clarity, confidence, strategy, systems, and support to get stuff done without the overwhelm and without working 17 hours a day. Check out our free masterclass now at b.link forward slash training to learn how to work smarter, not harder. Awesome. All right. And obviously I love the O because it's optimized. Right. (laughs) We're all about optimizing. So tell us about optimizing. (laughs) So I feel like there's two pieces to optimization. The one is analytics, right? Data. Track what's what's happening, figure out what's working and do more of that and figure out what's not working and stop (laughs) doing that. Yep. That's that's step one. And step two is once you figure out what's working and you want to do more of that, that's when you need to start building a funnel, a strategy, a system, automations. Now that you've got what's what works, find a way to do it more efficiently, less time without sacrificing results or quality so that you can continue to grow. But the optimization piece never goes away because what, you know, what's working today may not work next week. You really have to be consistently monitoring everything. I track, I probably could could do better on certain things, but I track at least monthly. So I have like a big spreadsheet with all these numbers that I track monthly. And I can also then if something, you know, spikes, you know, maybe I get a lot of unsubscribes in this week's newsletter, I can go back and look at the topic of that newsletter and figure out what might have turned people off, which isn't always a bad thing. I think repelling, you know, repelling people who aren't your ideal people is just as important as attracting the people who are. Absolutely. But, but, um, but you can start to, to make some informed decisions based on those numbers. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that too many people try to jump to the funnels and the things before they know what's working on the front end of social media, yeah. which can also be a problem because then they're like, oh, Facebook ads and funnels and selling in my sleep and courses. And like they get into this whole thing, whereas they haven't even really figured out what their audience is wanting or needing. Right. Right. which then it's, it's a whole spiral effect from there. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of leads into my next question. Like, how do you know you're at that point to kind of start doing that optimizing and you figured out what's working and now you've got some funnels and Facebook ads. Like, how do you know that that's sure. time to kind of pour the gas on the fire? So Facebook ads are one of my favorite things. When I worked yeah. at Facebook, sometimes I joke with people and say I was the janitor, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. I worked with their ads department. So I was my exact title was a Facebook marketing expert. I reached out to people who were advertising on the platform and I helped them optimize what they were doing by training them on like new products. Like when the pixel first yeah. was released, letting them know how to leverage the pixel when lead ads were new, you know, letting them know how to leverage these new products. Right. So that was kind of my job. So ads have always been kind of the center of my life, (laughs) you know, since working at Facebook, my first love. So when it comes to using Facebook ads, there's a few things that I recommend people have for, I've got four, you know, pillars, if you will, that I, I think that everybody should have. The first one is a validated offer. Now that could also be called a proven product. What I mean yep. is people have actually bought your thing. Yes. I don't, unless you have like a, a budget, like a big budget, you know, some people have that, right? Like maybe they've been in business for years and they're going to start a side hustle and, and they've been able to throw like a few thousand dollars investment into it. 
And yeah. you, that's the only way I would suggest running Facebook ads for a product that, that isn't proven. Yeah. You want to know, you want to leverage organic strategies to confirm that people actually want what you have. Otherwise, you're wasting money on something people may not even want. Yep. And you'll never really know if it was like the targeting or the copy or the creative or the fact that it was just trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bad offer. And I, I mean, I would never say that to someone's face, but you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think too many people jump to that. They're like, Oh, I have this course that I created, but they created it, you know, in the two months and no one helps them create it. They didn't do beta. They're like, it's great. I'm speaking from experience. Cause I did that once. Um, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, let's throw money at it and make Facebook ads work for us. And you know, it doesn't always work. So yeah. I definitely like the, uh, validated offer thing first. <laughs> yes. Make sure people actually want it. And you don't yes. have to make thousands of dollars, but the thing about Facebook ads is Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he's the CEO or whatever yeah. of Facebook. He has enough money. He does not need yours. You right. <laughs> do not need to donate money to the Mark Zuckerberg fund. When you're running Facebook ads, you need to have a plan for getting that money back. Facebook yep. ads should be like an ATM. You put in $1 and you get $2 back. If that's yep. what Facebook ads should be for you. If you are just throwing money in there and the money's not coming back, that's, that's a problem, Absolutely. right? <laughs> because then it's not growing your business. It's just draining your business. Yep. And that's not what we want. So you need that proven product. That's number one. Number two is to have effective follow-up. I hear some people say that email is dead or questioning if email is dead. Email is not dead. Nope. <laughs> you do have to be savvy with your email marketing. Do you know, you can't just send out whatever the heck you feel like, whenever you feel like you need a plan, you need to communicate with your list regularly, you need to have sequences. So when somebody abandons cart, you should have a sequence, you know, to reach back out to them and to get them to come back and purchase because they're a really hot lead, because they added it to a cart, they thought about buying and they didn't. So you need to figure out why they didn't, and then encourage them to come back and buy. You want to sequence after somebody buys a product because you, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later too, but you want people to feel valued yep. when they buy a product. You need to communicate with them. Like they're your, they're now your VIP. They are the number one priority is you want them to be happy because it is so much easier to convert an existing client into buying other things than yep. it is <laughs> to convert a cold prospect. So yeah. once somebody has spent a dollar with, with you, they're more likely to spend more dollars with you. So you need to nurture them. And I, I hate that word, but <laughs> you need yeah, to nurture and them. I, I'm big on the client experience too, the client yes. onboarding and making sure that like every touch point and question has been answered before they even have it. They get welcome emails and here's what's to do next. And here's the next steps. Like all of that needs to be mapped out for them so that they yeah. feel like you've just taken them through this super easy journey after they've paid you. And I like to think about, is this like, what's one way that you could go above and beyond? Yep. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be, you know, wealthy enough that you, you know, send right. them an extravagant <laughs> gift. Maybe it's like a birthday card on their birthday or yep. just something like what's a way that you can go above and beyond and, and deliver some unexpected value to them. So trying to do that. So the second, the second pillar is that active email list, effective follow-up 
you know, it rounds out the whole process. When they once they've opted in for a lead, you've got a sequence that's going to prime them to purchase from you and to do ongoing business with you. The fortune is in the follow-up. Somebody really smart said that. <laughs> yeah, do you know who it was? Because I feel like I quote that all the time. <laughs> I don't, but I should probably find it so that I can give them credit because I'm like the fortune. I actually just did an episode. It's called more leads in less time. And I literally like said the fortunes in the follow-up like 13 times because it's so true <laughs> that it, I don't care if you get them into your funnel, like you still have to follow up and have... Yeah a sequence and teach them other things and show them your world. Like the fortune is in the follow-up in every capacity. So. Yeah. And just giving them value. We talked about this before too, but value, value, value. Even if you don't have anything to sell right now, just keep giving them the value. And then when you do have something to sell, it's almost like people feel I don't, I don't want to say obligated because they're certainly not obligated, but it's like, wow, you've done so much for me. Now I want to give back and do something. Right. Or like, oh my gosh, you gave me all that stuff for free. What the heck is in that paid thing that you're giving me if all of this was free, right? (laughs) And so it's like, I am a huge fan of just give all the value. People don't want to do things themselves. Um, And I'm speaking for myself here. That is true. (laughs) That is, that is true. (laughs) And so it's like, you can give away. I can tell you all the Facebook secrets I know. The fact of the matter is, most people don't want to do it themselves. They want and to they, stay in their and they lane. they still have to piece it together, right? Like maybe right. you email list some and you put some on Facebook and some on Instagram. Like they still have to piece together the puzzle. They still right. have to do it themselves. And most likely they're not going to. Yeah. So there's no filter there. Just give it, give everything away. Yep. I love it. <laughs> give everything away. <laughs> <laughs> so the third thing is having a long-term mindset, realistic expectations. Yep. You know, Facebook ads, like any other form of marketing, is a process. There's testing, there's optimization. You need to, especially if you're brand new to Facebook ads, you need to budget for a period of testing before you expect to see these big returns. And if you're not new to Facebook ads, there still is always testing happening, always, because the platform is always changing, the algorithms change, people's behaviors change, which is why the algorithms change, but that's a whole other (laughs) topic. So there always has to be testing budgeted in to that, to that budget. I've had people, well, I've had, I've had sales calls with people who want like immediate return on investment, like right, right. out the gate. <laughs> I can't, no, I like, I, I just can't. It, it, nope. it would be lying to take you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's typically a, a two to three month window where you're putting more money into Facebook than you're earning back. But you can see that the money will come back because you can see the leads, you can see the engagement in those leads. And if your product is already proven, yeah. then you, you know that it's going to balance out, right, in the end. So you need to have that, those realistic expectations and that long-term mindset. And it is difficult. <laughs> Believe me, I know that it is difficult. The first time I ran a big Facebook ads campaign for myself, right? Like not for a client, for myself. Like this is my money. I'm taking $2,000 over the course of a couple weeks and throwing it to Facebook, knowing that I won't get sales till the end because of the way I have the campaign (laughs) set up. I understand it's tough, but that's why you need to have the proven product, 
the email follow-up, those realistic expectations. And then the fourth thing is, and in quotes, I always quote this, high enough, a lifetime customer value. So what I mean by that is that you don't want to just have one thing. I have one course, it is $500, please buy it. (laughs) And then when they buy it, that's it. You know, you don't want that. You need to have, you need to be able to increase the lifetime customer value, the lifetime value of that customer. Let me even say that in a different way by offering different things, different products or services, either at different price points to appeal to customers at different points in their journey or, you know, to appeal to your existing clients and customers as they grow and as they get more savvy. So yeah, kind of that ladder, the step ladder, they kind of go up. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's a couple ways you can do it. Like you could have like a do it yourself course and then a done with you coaching program and then a done for you, you know, agency services or, or something like that. But having some sort of a value ladder so that people are able to continue doing business with you throughout their journey. You can solve multiple problems that they have um, so that it's not a one and done so that you're not constantly on that hamster wheel trying to find more leads because you can keep serving the people that you are already helping. So with those four things in place, you're positioned best to run Facebook ads. And it's going to look different for every every business, for e-commerce businesses versus service-based businesses. But unless you are, you know, have an independently wealthy right. you know, <laughs> lifestyle, or this is like one of your second or third or fourth business, so you've got some seed funds or, or investors yeah. paying for things, I really do recommend that you focus on organic strategies until you have those four, you know, pillars in place so that you can invest some of that money into ads with more confidence that you're going to be able to see a return on that investment and not just donate to the Zuckerberg fund. I love it. So the moral of the story is don't do Facebook ads unless you have the things in place. I see too many people they are like, oh, let me do fa-, And I, I've done it too. Oh, let me just do Facebook ads. It'll blow things up. It's not going to unless you have that infrastructure in the back. So oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Social marketing is social. Just pretend like you're having a conversation with people. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then it will turn into clients in the back end. So, um, (laughs) as we wrap things up, I would love to know maybe a favorite productivity hack, especially working from an RV as you travel, (laughs) because I'm sure that can be difficult sometimes. Uh, but maybe a favorite productivity hack that you have to get stuff done. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like for me, a bit, the, I don't even know if it would be a hack, but it's just yeah. communication, <laughs> open communication with my family. You know, we live in a very small space. I have four daughters between the ages of five and 13. We yeah. have two dogs now. And when I say two dogs, they're both 70 pound dogs. <laughs> right. um, and we're all in a 35 foot trailer. So communication, what I need to get done, what my expectations of them are. And then I have found that I do a lot of work outside because it's easier for it to be quiet outside. So like I said, communication, I feel like that's my key to productivity is communicating with my husband, you know, what I need last night. I let him know I had a phone call at two, a phone call at five. And that my expectations was, were that between two and five, I would get kind of all my other work for the day done so that he knew that that was the time that I needed him 
to be running interference with the kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that kind of that kind of works for us. So communication is key and communication with my kids. Like yeah. that's the other piece. I'm, my five year old is very lovey. You know, she wants lots of cuddle time, and sometimes I can give that to her while I'm working, and sometimes I can't. So letting her know what the expectations are in the morning when she wants to cuddle, you know, that I'm able to do this for a little bit. And then I've got these phone calls and just having that communication with them. And luckily we're raising them. They've only known me as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They think it's so weird. We're actually at my, my parents' house right now and they don't understand where they go all day. Like they work (laughs) normal jobs. And they're like every day they leave the house. And I'm like, right. Yeah. And the house, the house isn't on wheels. No, I'm just like, but <laughs> they go to work. They have jobs. I love that. Like, I love so that. Foreign to them. Um, yeah. And I think even um, just being a past client of yours too, the client communication side of things is huge too. Um, yeah. I know that you're like, Hey, we're on the road these times. Like this is what's happening. This is what's going on. So I definitely think that that's huge um, yes. and Thank that you. it helps you get stuff done, which is amazing. So yeah, awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up here, but I would love for you to tell people about your book because oh, my yeah. kids absolutely loved it. Um, and then obviously where they can find you, any resources you have, all of that good stuff. Sure. So I wrote the book gosh, about a year and a half ago, <laughs> and, or it published a year and a half ago. I mean, I was writing it before then, but it's called ABCs of Business. And it is it introduces entrepreneurial concepts to your kids. So there are 26 entrepreneurial concepts, and the story is told out of order. So it starts with I is for idea, P is for product, S is for sales, leads you through the alphabet kind of out of order. So you learn all the letters, you learn a bunch of terms, and the main character, you know, is developing a product that he's going to sell and teaches the kids about entrepreneurship. It ends with a cute little positive message. And the book, when I wrote it, it's really meant because it is a little bit lengthier. There's 26 letters. Yeah, it's a little bit lengthier of a book. So it's really best for like that kindergarten to second grade type of range. But I will say that my younger kids, you know, when the book came out, my youngest was about three and she loved going through the book because it's not in alphabetical order. It's a really great way to introduce your kids to the alphabet in a way that they're not just memorizing it based on their little song, the ABC song, but they're actually learning letter recognition. Um, And I did consult with some kindergarten and preschool teachers when I was writing it because I was really torn about whether I should write it in order or write it as a story that went out of order. So that's I why I went that. out of order. Yeah. Um, and it, the characters, the Facebook pixel, it's the cutest thing ever. Seriously. My kids, <laughs> my kids were six when we got it. And I will tell you, there are not very many entrepreneur books for kids, which I think needs to shift a whole, whole lot. But um, that was one that we found and they absolutely loved it. And they're like telling me all of these things for when they start their lemonade stand. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. So where can people find you? Oh, sure. People, the best place to connect with me is right at megbrunson.com. Um, that's awesome. my main website. There's links to all the social media platforms. There are ways that we can work together. Um, the podcast, I have a Familypreneur podcast for parents who are blending family and entrepreneurship. And all yeah. those things are at megbrunson.com. Awesome. And do you have any resources or anything that are on the site that you want to share? 
Oh, yeah. So my favorite resource is my quiz. I feel like quizzes are kind of trendy right now. They but are. Everyone loves quizzes. I mean, you get an answer quizzes. at the end and it like does it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, and I feel I tried really hard because I'm a big fan. You know, my kids have taught me to make work work fun. So the quiz is yes. supposed to be fun. It will deliver not only the tools to take your Facebook marketing to the next level, but also a fun song to kick off a killer dance party. Because if you are not Perfect. doing a happy dance, <laughs> If you're not happy dancing every day, then something is definitely missing from your Facebook marketing. So <laughs> find it. out what your theme song is. It could be Usher. There's some um, Taylor Swift in there. Oh, Journey. There go. I'm gonna some really go. fun choices. I don't think I've taken your quiz. I'm going to have to go take your quiz. <laughs> yeah. I've got a quiz for outsourcing now too. And I don't know if you're a Schitt's Creek fan, but my outsourcing quiz is a David quiz. I love it. I have not jumped into, I, I've, I've dabbled, haven't gone oh. all in yet. So <laughs> I love David. <laughs> awesome. Well, Meg, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I even learned things about Facebook and social media marketing. So uh, everybody go check her out, go check out the quiz for sure. Cause um, hello dance party song. I'm in. <laughs> Uh, make sure you guys go follow her. So, um, if you have any questions or anything for us, you can always reach us at processforprofit.co and we will see you guys next time.